At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everybody? This is your boy, Isaac. And this is your boy, Bryce. And we are Brothers on Tennis. And folks, we made it through Australian Open 2020. Yay! (laughs) Right? Oh, my goodness. There was a lot of craziness that went on during this tournament, Bryce. It it was. Bryce, it was crazy. I'm, I'm still... I'm still flipping over the ladies' champion, I have to tell you. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, even before we, we get to the players, yeah, you know, remember how this tournament started off? I mean, we had, you know, the fires and yep. the concerns about the air quality yes. for the players. Yes. Um, there were a lot of different things going on that maybe weren't about what was happening on the court. Um, the different relief efforts we were having with the donations, with the ACEs and everything. So this was definitely an Australian Open that was different from previous years. Very much so. And and it's funny that you mentioned that because I just it feels like everything just sort of worked out as it mm-hmm. relates to the fires because we didn't have any of the days where it, it went over the limit where they had to either halt play or anything like that. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's really strange how things ended up working out. And we do know that, you know, again, Australia is still, still battling. So, right. yeah, we want to make sure that we're still keeping them in our thoughts and prayers but man yeah this this was a very interesting Australian Open like you pointed out it was and uh, and I know they they got helped out a little bit where there were a couple of days where there was rain yeah and so that rain really helped to kind of move some of that you know smoke out of the air and um, so it's not often that we celebrate rain you know <laughs> yeah, at a tennis, tennis tournament. tournament right but in this case we did <laughs> yes we did yes we did it helped out tremendously and the fact that again the Australian Open has a couple of stadiums that have uh, roofs on them that they can close right. so that they can continue the tennis so that it just worked out extremely extremely well this time around man. right and yeah. we missed it we missed it this year you know there were several reasons why we ended up not making the trip but all it did was really inspire me to get back next year. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. 2021, hopefully that will be the year where Brothers on Tennis will actually be on site and we'll be able to do a few more fun things uh, for you, the listening audience. So, uh, yeah, man. So with that, hey, what about the tournament itself, man? Well, <laughs> I don't know if our listeners will remember, but in the very last episode, mm-hmm. Our predictions had been so off <laughs> boy, <laughs> that I made the comment, you know, with our luck, Sophia Cannon would probably end up winning the tournament. You did say that. And I'll be daggone <laughs> if she She was like, I was it. listening to you. Thanks, Bryce. <laughs> oh, and say, you know, if you put a bet on Sophia Kennan yeah. at the beginning of the tournament yeah. that she was going to take the title. 
You've got some coin right you, now. I'm telling you, what was it? 35 to 1 yep. were the odds for her yep. coming out with the title. So, I mean, that, wow. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully her family put some money on it. <laughs> 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 but I'm thinking she's doing okay based on that prize money that she got. Because I, be, I believe they said that what she won basically was the uh, close to the amount of her career earnings, yeah, I believe. Yeah, uh, exactly. So, it's just, wow. Just Crazy, Bryce. Crazy. Let's talk about how how did she actually make this happen, brother? And and you know what? And I think it's it's right to focus in on her results because in terms of the other matchups, yeah. I think they went the way that we predicted. Yeah, 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 um, exactly. Really, mm-hmm. it was about Kennan's wins that surprised us because we, or at least I don't think I did, and I don't think you did no, either, no. predicted that she was going to beat Ash Barty. Right. That was the first key win that was, well, you know, some people might say the first key win was the Coco Golf. Yeah. Which um, I actually think it was. Well, and for me, I can see it being a key win just from the exposure just the and, and the all pressure. that kind of stuff. Yeah. From a game standpoint, no, no. I fully expected her to win mm-hmm. um, that matchup. But once she kind of got past that hump of the Coco Golf hype, yes. if you will, yes. um, she, I expected her to lose to Barty. Right. And um, and when she beat Barty, what was it, seven six seven five against Barty and yeah. Australia. And, and you know what? And once again, I have to highlight where I was wrong. Okay. I stated that I thought the pressure of playing in front of Australia for Barty wasn't as big of a deal for her. She more embraced mm-hmm. it than others had with their own countries. Right. I felt like I saw it yeah, on yeah, her. Yeah. Um, so I was wrong there. She And and, and there's obviously a pressure that would be hard to have. Oh, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. She's going to have to get used to that. I mean, I feel like amongst all the Australians, she's probably best equipped to be able to embrace it and use it in order to get a championship. I I fully expect for her to win an Australian Open before her career is open. Right. It, it, at least one, to be very honest with you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do feel like the pressure kind of got to her in that match. And uh, and again, Kenan, you got to give it to her. She has a lot of variety in her game and she just tried to bring a lot of that out and, and, and it just happened to work. So I, I want to add one thing yeah. to Barty though. And, and this is just kind of a feel thing for me. But... I don't know why when I was... I've been watching Barty play in these last couple of tournaments. And as much as I like her, and you would already say, well, she's successful because she's been number one in singles. She's been number one in doubles. But I guess when I look at the person that's at the top of the heap, I think of them having kind of like a dominance. Hmm. And I don't see that with her and her game. I, I feel like there are several parts in her in her game that can go off. I think there are several parts of her game that are attackable. I think because of her variety, she can mix things up and provide opportunities for herself that maybe some others can't. But I don't know. I, I don't. I feel like some of these other players will always have a shot against her. Um, and now, I think even with the French Open, where she may have snuck up <laughs> on a few people. Right. She's very much on everybody's radar. Oh, for sure. And so people will come and prepare to play her. And um, and I'm not saying she's getting ready to, to fall out of number one or anything like that. But I don't know that I see her like consistently 
beating the Osaka's and Serena's and some of the other people that are at the top of the game. Because I do think she has the ability to be hit off the court. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, I feel like you can make that argument against all of these, all of the women players that are playing right now. I don't mm-hmm. know that any of them display like a dominance because there to me is always there's some type of a weakness, whether it be physically or I mean mentally or mm-hmm. or parts of their game. To me, Serena was probably the last number one that was dominant. But. I don't know that any of the ladies that have been number one or who will be number one mm-hmm. are are really gonna be considered a dominant factor who can week in and week out beat people the way that like a Serena did when but. she was at the top of the game. And yeah. I'm glad you brought up that it's always something mm-hmm. because from mm-hmm. a game standpoint I felt like Andrescu had the game to be dominant. Right. But her body. Her body. Her body just unfortunately can't keep up with, right. with the demands of in and out week by week tennis. At least not yet. If Now, I see her. Now, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. I can see her being dominant. Because right. to me, she's got the firepower. She's got the mental fortitude. Mm-hmm. To me, she could do something like that if her body allows her to. Right. And that's a part of it. You you can't take that out of the Absolutely. equation. I mean, you know, if you physically can't can get it done, then, hey, that's, that's, that's a part of the equation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, no, I agree with you, Bryce. I don't honestly believe that there's been a dominant female player since Serena Williams. Yeah. And one of the commentators made the, um, the statement, and I totally uh, agree with her. She felt like this year could be another year where there are four different slam title winners for the year. Absolutely. I heard that as well, and Mm -hmm. I absolutely agreed with it, too. Because, unfortunately, Kenan, I'm proud of you, happy for you, but (laughs) yeah, I don't see you winning the Grand Slam. I don't know that I necessarily see you winning more than this slam this year, because, of course, it's going to be an adjustment period anyway. But, yeah, no, no, I completely agree with that statement. Right. But if we, I guess if we go back to, okay, so she gets to the finals, yeah. right? And, yeah. and we figured Muguruza was going to get there. Muguruza's been looking great. She looks fantastic. Man. And even, you know, with Muguruza taking that first set, and I don't know if you felt the same way that I did, but after Muguruza won that first set, just having seen Kenan in the past, <laughs> I was thinking like, okay, Kenan is going to, you know, really tighten things up. And and if I felt like if Muguruza did not win that second set and and won that match in straight sets, yeah, that um, Kenan was going to take the match. Oh yeah, yeah, I felt exactly the same way. And similar to you, at the end of that first set when she had that loud outburst and she was really all passionate, that concerned me to be very honest with you because I was like, hmm, did you invest a little bit too much in that right. first set? And, um, yeah, and then Kenan, like you said, she buckled down and she was like, oh, yeah, I got to get to work. Right. And she was like, hey, here's a couple of hope biscuits for you. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of tight when you're in a final and you get two hope biscuits put on you. But that's what she did. She mm-hmm. buckled down and she was like, I'm, no, you're going to have to take. And, and Bryce, we, we, we cannot not mention that game in the third set when I believe it was two, it was a three serving two or two serving two, whatever it was. And it was love, love 40. 40. Yes. I, to me, she earned that grand slam title with that one. Game. She did. She went out there and she was like, I am not going to lose a point. I'm going to hit winners on you. I'm not going to be scared. I'm not right. going to just shuffle. Them. I'm going to win these points. And she literally won every single break point there. That to me was the, that, that was, was the match. It was clutch. That was clutch. It was absolute clutch, dude. So good. Yeah. And let me add one thing too before, because before we kind of talk about what this means with Kenan. Yeah. Uh, kind of yeah. going forward. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and our 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 um, fans or listeners may not know yet, but you know, I've never been a huge Muguruza fan, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and maybe a little bit has had to do do with her beating Venus and Wimbledon <laughs> and, and beating Serena at the French Open. Right. But it's always been something a little kind of off <laughs> for me with Muguruza. Uh, you know, I, you know, I wouldn't want to be in a dark room with her behind me. And but. The way she conducted herself in the post-match ceremony, mm-hmm. um, I definitely felt a little bit better about her. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that had to be a tough loss to take, but mm-hmm. she really represented and handled herself like a champion. I absolutely agree with you. Yeah, she, 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 like I said, she was very intense during the match, but she was just, she was a, a good, you know, a good runner-up. If, right. if that makes any sense. Yeah, right. she, she I, I I really felt like she was very professional during that moment. And like I said, I, I look forward to her, you know, getting back on those stages again mm-hmm. now that she's with Conchita Martinez because I think that combination is going to go pretty far. Right. Yeah. And it just once again speaks to the depth of the women's game. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. It's just great. So, Isaac, what does this mean for Kenna now? I mean, she's now... A Grand Slam champion. Yeah, champion. <laughs> she uh, is now the top ranked American. Serena, hold my bag. <laughs> insane. And, yeah, insane. And, and you know she's America's little darling now. Yes, she is. I mean, and honestly, Bryce, she earned it. She I did. mean, she has been, and I think everybody, or if you listen to her story, she's the person that folks really just didn't give a lot of, or put, didn't lot, put, put a lot of faith into. Right. And, and, and she's, you know, always sort of been, you know, left on the side or, oh, that's just Kenneth. Mm-hmm. And, and she's had to prove herself. And, and I think honestly, sometimes when those things happen, it's for the best because right. it, when you play with a chip on your shoulder or when you have a chip on your shoulder, i.e. Novak Djokovic, <laughs> who we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, again, it just makes you want to prove to everybody that you, you, you judged me wrong. Right. And, and I'm going to let you know. And that's exactly what she's done. So I expect for endorsement deals to start oh, coming yeah. in. Because I guess she's with Fila because I know her dad was all Fila'd out. But <laughs> we'll see. I'm pretty sure they'll be able to re, you know, renegotiate a few things there. You will see her around a lot more because that young lady's not going anywhere. Right. She's got the game. She's got the mental fortitude. And health-wise, I mean, she's in great shape. So yep. she's, yeah, I don't see her going anywhere. Now, I will say I'm not the biggest fan of some of her on court antics, yes, I and agree. and because of various reasons, uh, she's a little privileged in <laughs> terms of how they are received. Yeah, um, but hopefully that's something she can work on, right? Uh, because I'm not a big fan of that part, but it just blows my mind that we're getting ready to go into a Fed Cup tie, <laughs> and Serena Williams is going to be going in as the number two singles, number two, dos, <laughs> dos. <laughs> That ain't happened for a long time, folks. Exactly. <laughs> oh, and let me just throw something out here real quick. And this speaks to our special episode that we'll be having uh, op- uh, in the next week or so. Uh, they were commenting on the match. And um, Chrissy Everett made a comment about uh, uh, Sophia Kennan and her playing doubles with Bethany. And she got out there and said something about, I don't really know how good of a, how, how much of a, how I like that influence. 
from Bethany because of all the tats and everything. Yeah. Did you hear how she stepped out like that? I heard her say that. And I then, did. And then they panned to Bethany, who I don't know if she was listening or not, but the face was like, <laughs> boom. And Chrissy tried to clean it up, but again, this is why it speaks to why she don't get much love on Brothers on Tennis because right. you don't step out there like that on somebody. So, shame on you, Chrissy. Yeah, like you said, the way we and many others feel about her as a commentator you know, or justify. Mm-hmm. So anyway, just wanted to throw that out there. We love you, Bethany. Yes. Well, let's transition to the men. Yes. Fellas, man, Bryce, that, I tell you what, man, you know, well, actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give myself a pat on the back because mm-hmm. I actually called almost all of them. The only one that I messed up on was Stan and Zverev. Zverev messed up my whole my whole path because <laughs> it was supposed to be Stan against team and Federer against Djokovic and then Djokovic and team. And then I picked Djokovic. So all of that worked out except for the Stan. So. No, that's really good because I surely didn't. <laughs> Let me tell you how I went. If you talk about Stan messing stuff up, yeah, yeah. I picked him to be the eventual <laughs> champion. While he was out kicking it somewhere during right? the finals. He was like, what? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought he was going to put it on Zverev. I, I thought so as well. But I have to say, Zverev, he, he implemented a very interesting tactic. To me, mm-hmm. he tried to be more consistent. Mm-hmm. He tried to put more air under the ball because I watched that match and I was really actually impressed with the strategy that he used. Mm-hmm. And it was really good. And like I said, I think he wore down Stan. I don't think Stan was ready for that game plan. Right. And yeah, he got through, but team was like, oh, okay, yeah, I know what you're trying to do. <laughs> but I ain't gonna let you do it. <laughs> Look, Mm. We knew that when that came to team and Zerv, okay, we were going to get back to, to norms. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Point. It's going to get back to the norm. Especially after team had beaten a dog. Exactly. Which in itself was just, that to me was a great win by it my was. team. A great win by him. It and was. And I think that that's going to lend itself to when they get back on the clay courts as well. So um, yeah, yeah, I'm 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 actually very excited about uh, what team is going to accomplish this year. I think he's got a lot of really strong possibilities. And when we talk about, you know, of course you have the big three yep. on the men's side, yep. but when we talk about that kind of the next three, which is Medvedev, Team, yeah. and Tsitsipas. Yeah. Remember we talked about who we thought was going to be the first one to potentially win a slam, and yeah. we're still looking for that. Oh yeah, but. Team has let us know his name is definitely oh, in the mix. Oh yeah, this is that. how many finals is this? His second Grand Slam tournament final. Third, third. Because he's had two French, two French. That's right. right. Yeah. And then this Australian. So I, I, I feel like he's getting mentally stronger as mm-hmm. as each day passes, and these things are not going. To, they're just going to help him to finally get that W in one of these slams. Mm-hmm. I, I really believe that. Well, let's take it. Let's go to the other side of the draw. Yeah. And I want to be very, very clear about something. Oh, yeah. So (laughs) I was listening to the commentators during the Federer tennis Sangren match. Okay. And they were like, Sangren had seven match points. (laughs) How did he not win? And I was like, because he's too sangry, right? I was, Federer wasn't one big concern. Tennis sangry has, no, no. Come on now. Just no. Federer, left leg wasn't even working. Right? Exactly. He was broke. He was broke. Yeah, so what? thank you, Sangren, for being you. And and Federer (laughs) took that 
win, wasn't even nowhere concerned, actually ran away with the win in the fifth set. Right. Um, as Sanger con- continued to dump ground strokes into the bottom of the net. Um, but unfortunately, because we knew Roger was hurt, yeah. um, we didn't get a chance to have that real Federer-Djokovic matchup in the semis that we wanted. Right, right. I will say this, though, and I think you and I had talked about it. Coming out that first set, I was disappointed, though, that Federer at least didn't take that first set. Because right. he had break points to go up 5-1 in that first set. Mm-hmm. And just, and just once again, you know, break points. He just didn't convert. And then Novak was like, oh, yeah, I'm playing Roger. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I am what? Clutch. <laughs> and uh, and he just he just came back. And once, right. once he got the first set, I was like, oh, yeah, it's definitely over. I was holding out that slim beacon of hope that Federer could set. get the first set. He had to win. And when that didn't happen, I was like, oh, no. The, yeah, and the fact that, again, he's injured. And he didn't pl- he didn't play on that. He didn't say anything about yeah. it. So, you know, all, because Roger's just, he's Roger. Roger's right. Roger. He's not going to be like, oh, I was hurt. And he just, he just, you know, but unfortunately he did take that L, which you and I both were like, unfortunately, right. we kind of felt like that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, Roger to beat Djokovic, especially at the Australian Open, he has to be on his A game. Has and to. he can't be on his A game on one leg. Correct. And I was proud of Djokovic, though, for acknowledging that Roger was hurt and actually saying he respected him for just even coming, coming out, out on the court. Yeah. And and Roger did make the comment. He said, look, you know, people were expecting a semifinal that day. Mm-hmm. And so he went out you there. And, and, yeah. and, 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 you know, it was a straight set win, but there was some good tennis. Absolutely. Still, you know, Very that was tennis. played. Absolutely. So, um, and, and the other thing is, even if Federer had won against Djokovic, if he's injured, then he would have got in the finals against team, and team would have he'd have beat up on him strong because right. so. he, he's already done that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> A few times. With Federer being healthy, right. <laughs> so you know, Djokovic made it through as we thought, and we had the Djokovic team final last night or right. early this morning, right. depending upon where you live. <laughs> and um, you know. My heart breaks a little bit for team because he has these very close matches and yeah. he had his chances and when he was up two sets to one yeah. and they were when he won that second and third set he won those pretty convincingly. Pretty convincingly, yep. Um, but like you say, Isaac, I mean, Djokovic is clutch. He he didn't panic. No. Uh, and he buckled down and he just got the job done. That's exactly right. He was just like, yeah, no, I, you know, team. I know this is something you want, brother, but hey. I need to I need to get my year started off at per usual by right. winning the Australian Open. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and um in my opinion, Bryce, I think Djokovic is trying to do something similar at the Australian Open that that Rafa is doing at the French Open. I think right. he wants to definitely be double digits at a slam. Right. And that is the one I believe he will do that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. He will get ten plus Australian Open titles. No 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 question in my mind he yeah. will do He's that. He's got too many years left in his career. Exactly. To, to do that. Exactly, man. So yeah, yeah, like I said, Dominique had his chances, but you know, Joe Beck. I mean, Joe Back. <laughs> I was like, okay. That's, that's his new name. Joe Back. Your name is Joe Back. Novak just, again, once again, Novak equals clutch, and he got, he pulled it through. And in, and in truth, Bryce, I mean, and you and I were talking about this before the episode, I honestly believe that he is going to actually be thinking about and pursuing that golden slam, because as we know, this is an Olympic year, and I feel like if anybody is capable of getting it done, it's definitely him. Um, Not Kenan? 
<laughs> you know what? <laughs> Kenna not about to run the table. I was about to say, Sophia, you know, I'm, I'm proud of you for taking this Australian Open, but no, I honestly, no, I don't think that she will be competing for the Golden Slam this year. <laughs> but yeah, Novak, I, like I said, I think he has it in his radar because again, he's always thinking, he's always got that chip on the shoulder, right. wanting to be the, the greatest. And there is no way to put yourself at the top of the heat than by doing something that nobody else has done outside of, I guess, Rod Laver. Did Rod Laver? No, Rod Laver did not get a golden slam. No, only, only Steffi. Steffi's the only Steffi's one. The only one. Right. So to be the only guy to get a golden slam, right. oh, that would that would that would absolutely catapult him above both Roger and Rafa as right. far as greatest of all time, as far as the males go. Right. Oh my goodness! The only reason I don't think he's going to do it mm-hmm. is the French. Mm-hmm. And because I think at best, at best, mm-hmm. he's the third best clay quarter in the world. And True. Uh, yes, if he has to, if his draw is such that he has to go through Rafa and team, yeah, I don't see him getting that done. But see, this is the thing. I think he will go in either as, I think he'll end up being number one by the time the French mm-hmm. comes. And I think Rafa will be number two. Mm-hmm. Have, it's the draw. Right. Because if team ends up getting on Rafa's side and they have to meet each other in like right. a semi, I honestly feel like he has a great chance because they will tucker each other out in that mm-hmm. semi, get him in the final, he'll be fresh. Well, he'll hopefully will play Federer and right. hopefully Federer will, will take him out. You never know. But just for him, if we're talking about his perspective, mm-hmm. he would want those two to play so that they could battle it out. And right. again, if he gets one of them at that point in the final, I would most definitely give Novak the edge because... Team and Rafa, like you said, to me, they are the number one and two clay court players in the right. world. And I don't see team being able to get to that, you know, number two spot, you know, so where they right. wouldn't wouldn't be able to meet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, Bryce. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be, so, I'm, I am, dude, this is going to be a just an outright ridiculous year of tennis. So many different things to look forward to. Again, with Ken and winning on the women's side, you yep. got this open field. Will Serena finally get number 24? You got right. Adrescu. When she going to come back and do her thing? Osaka rebounding. Will Sloan rebound? I mean, come on, yo. We right. got all kinds of good story plots coming this right. year. And it just makes me excited. And, and one story plot that we just probably don't even have time to get into today, but is the Olympic squads, right? <laughs> now, we want to acknowledge... At the Australian Open, we, you know, we had Bethany Maddox Sands make it to the mixed doubles finals. Yep. And then we had your boy, Rajiv. <laughs> Rajiv, yeah, win, buddy. Win in the men's doubles, yes, right? Sir. Him and so, Salisbury, right? So there's a limited number of spots on the Olympic, uh, you know, roster, mm-hmm. and I just don't know that some people that really want to get on there are going to make it. Right. And I know we've talked about potentially. There may not be room for Venus. Mm-hmm. And on the men's side, there's a whole bunch of men that are kind of in that middle zone of the yeah. rankings. You know, Pelkas and queries. Yeah. All of them can't make it. Right. Especially when you're using some of those spots for doubles players. Like, you know they're going to give it to the Bryans. They're going to take up two spots. They're definitely going to take two spots. And I don't know how you don't put Jack Sock on there for the other doubles because he medaled twice in the last Olympics, right? Exactly. And is arguably the best doubles player from America. That's that's true. So that's going to be something very interesting to watch over the next couple of months. 
Question, Bryce. I'm assuming you can't have more than one team out of each country, right? No, you can have there. You can have two doubles. You teams. can have two, mm-hmm. two. I mean, like two squads. I mean, just like a USA one and a USA no, two. You, you can't do that, right? No, you. Okay. I think you can have. It's, it's depending upon where people are ranked. Mm-hmm. I think you can have up to either three or four singles players that okay. actually make the draw, okay. and you can have up to two doubles teams gotcha. that make the draw. Gotcha. But um, but no, not a not yeah, a, yeah. a USA team A <laughs> and a USA team B. Yeah, you can't yeah, have one that, team so. per country, wow. and I think it's six players per, per team. team. Yeah, somebody's not going to get the nope. And who I'm very concerned about is the Queen. Yeah, Venus. Very concerned. Yeah, she may have to go over there and set up some eleven apparel shops. <laughs> <laughs> and be Sell slinging. your gear, right? Yeah, slinging gear right. over there. It's your side hustle on. Well, like I told you. Yeah. She should, uh, hopefully, she put in for the design for the women's, um, you know, outfits or whatever. Yeah, I would hope so, man, because that would be pretty awesome for her to be the one to, you know, for a right. to sponsor the Olympic uh, exactly. clothing she, line. <laughs> but she'd probably lose out to Nike. <laughs> so, just keeping it real. <laughs> That is very true. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, man. So, okay, we've put a bow on the Australian Open for yeah. 2020. Yeah. And um, But what we wanted to do is we wanted our listeners to understand as big as the Australian Open is, it was not the only tennis that was going on last week. Um, last week, we had a challenger event here in Newport Beach, California. It was part of the Oracle series. Mm-hmm. And since Newport Beach isn't too far from where Isaac and I live, we decided to go out there and was really surprised that it was a very, very nice tournament with some, some really good names in there, um, like Pagula and Baptiste and Gibbs and Vandeway and Taylor Townsend. And for the men, we had Taylor Fritz and mm-hmm. Francis Tiafo, Stevie Johnson, Chris Eubanks. Yep, Chris so Eubanks it was like a, a nice little mixed tournament. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the Challenger, like I said, I hadn't, I actually hadn't been to a Challenger before. So to be able to get out there and, mm-hmm. and see how those things operate. I mean, it's really honestly like a normal tournament. I mean, right. it's, it's really cool to see. I mean, you don't have as many like line judges and things like that going on. But right. overall, it's still they they did a really nice job. I was impressed yeah no yeah. i thought it was a great job and um so i encourage if and i put this in one of our instagram posts you know if you don't live close to where grand slam is or right. one of the major tournaments but you have a challenger yeah in the area it is an awesome way to get out there and to see some really good tennis see some really good players uh and it's a much more laid back type of environment to me yeah. so uh, definitely check that out. Absolutely. Now, one of the things that, and I just want to kind of put this out there because, you know, when we're fans of someone, yes, we cheer them on and we wish the best for them. But especially since we have this platform of the podcast, you know, sometimes we have to be a critic as well. Right. And and being a critic doesn't mean we're trying to be negative or trying to put anyone down. But it's really in hopes that, you know, something can turn around and, 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 and get even better. So um, the subject that I want to bring up is Taylor Townsend. Right. And, and what was disappointing for me was we saw Taylor Townsend at the U.S. Open last year and just saw her talent on full display. Right. And, you know, capped off by that wonderful win that she had against Simona Halep. 
the Taylor Townsend that we saw this week to me was a shell of that player that yeah. we saw in New York last year. Yeah. And I'm not really sure what needs to happen for a lady of her talent to start really kind of living up to that more consistently. All right. Well, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and listen, I don't mean to be mean, but in, in truth, Bryce, for me, I have to put it on the coaching. I have to put it on the coaching. And and again, like you said, not trying to be critical, not trying to be negative. I'm just trying to be real. When we watched her match, mm-hmm. especially the semifinal that she played against Vogela, she was looking over at her coach, at her box, if you will, uh, to get some level of inspiration, to get some fire, to get some, you know, motivations, mm-hmm. you know, to know that, hey, even though I'm not getting these points, I'm doing the right things. She was looking over at her coach and he was on his cell phone, not watching points, right. not being engaged. That. Yeah. that to me is just unacceptable. It's just simply unacceptable. I mean, I, I just, I love Taylor. I love her game. I love just all things about her. I do think that there is some coaching things that need to change for me with her because a good coach would have really pushed her based on that win that she had against Halep in right. the, at the U.S. Open to continue that. And that was the thing, Bryce. We were even questioning her game style. Like, <laughs> right. you know, when she was at the U.S. Open, she was coming to the net and just just this wonderful tennis that she was playing. And out here, it just didn't seem like... She, and, and, and mind you, I understand with different players, you have to have different strategies and game styles. Right. But I just, I just feel like the coaching wasn't there to really set her up for success because, in my opinion, she should have won this challenger. Absolutely. And there was a gentleman who was sitting behind me, and he kind of even whispered in my ear and said, you know, where's all the net rushing that Taylor did at the U.S. Open? Because Taylor was basically staying at the baseline. And you would hope that a coach would explain to her that, you know, that aggressive net game that she has it's her differentiator. Exactly. That's what makes her different from the other players. Many of the other players. And like the majority. And she she wasn't taking advantage of that. No, no. And she seemed to try in the Vogler match at the second set. But again, it, it, it I don't know if it just didn't seem like she was coming in on the right shots. But again, she was looking at her coach, trying right. to get some level of motivation. Zero engagement on the phone. Just I, 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 I'm, I was just personally disappointed. Right. And I feel like she deserves much better than that. Right. So Taylor, like I said, we love you. We support mm-hmm. you. I, I don't, don't, please don't take anything other than that from this, from what we are saying, because we, and again, we'll go to Indian Wells. We're going to be at U.S. Open this year. We're going to be in Cincinnati. If right. you are there, we will be there and we will be supporting you. So know that you got brothers on tennis got your back. Um, but yeah, tighten up your coach though. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Tighten them up. Yeah. I, un- unfortunately, I can't disagree with you, my friend. Yeah, brother. Yeah, man. And Bryce, listen. You know, I, I hate to be messy. <laughs> I hate to be messy. Are, are you going to get the Mr. Petty Award I am gonna, next year? I am going to get the Mr. Petty Award, y'all. And and I can't help it because I've got to I've got to talk about this. So we are out. After after we went uh, uh, to, the, to, to the event, we're out at Valet getting our car. 
and this nice lady comes up and and she's just as sweet and she comes up with her daughter and she looks at our gear brothers on tennis she's like oh that's so nice and she strikes up a real nice conversation and she mm -hmm. talks about how she's from new york and bryce was talking about how he lived in new york just a, a wonderful wonderful conversation ensued and then there's her daughter who is sitting there with her arms crossed just as if we don't even exist, not even acknowledging our presence. Right. And this person was Coco, Coco Vandaway. <laughs> Bryce, I'm sorry. I'm just, I got to be messy. I, listen, that is to me unacceptable. Be a nice person. It was rude. It was rude. It was yeah. absolutely rude. The fact that your mother engaged us and was so friendly and so nice right. that you couldn't even unfold your arms and at least make some type of a positive comment or at least be engaging. Right. I, I'm sorry, man. That to me just it that 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 really got under my skin. Actually, it it, it did for me as well, and I shared uh, that experience with our producer. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because, you know, we were saying, you know, we've never really been a big Coco Vandaway fan, mm -hmm. and a lot of it's been about the way she carries herself on court and how she seems to have like this this level of arrogance. And not even really the results to, to justify. <laughs> but, you know, when he heard the story, the comment that we made was, you know, that type of experience just justifies why we feel the way that we do. Right. And, right. and you know, and, and everybody can't be nice and engaging because if everybody was, you really wouldn't be able to know about the people that are rude. Right, right. Um, <laughs> and so, true. but, you know... <laughs> For me, justice came the very next day when Taylor Townsend gave her two breadsticks. So hopefully she took those breadsticks and went inside in the corner and munched down on those. Um, it didn't have to be like that. Right, but, uh, right. Yeah. I, just, just rude, man. Just rude. And like you were saying, it would have been different had she been coming off of a loss. Correct. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, yeah, if you lose on the day, then absolutely, you should you should be, you know, you probably are not in that frame of mind where you want to be engaging. But she won that day. She had won the she match. She won the match. She had beaten Nicole Gibbs that day. Right. So I, did, I just, it, it befuddles me how you cannot be engaging, especially when your mom is being so sweet and so nice. Right. I don't get it. Speaks, but yeah. Speaks to character. Speaks to character. But mama... We like you. Yeah. I hope we see you again. Yeah. You were a great conversation and you were very sweet. And we appreciated that discussion we had with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm going to let that one go. Yeah. Hey, hey, look. We're brothers on tennis. We're hey. going to share the good with you. We're going right. to share the bad with you. And um, uh, unfortunately, that was our experience. But uh, we move on. Yes, we do. So... We're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode because we got a Super Bowl party to yes. get to. And, you know, we want... Come on, Chiefs. Get uh, Chiefs? I want, I want the 49ers, man. Well, Grappolo. Grappolopolis. Andy Reid is my favorite coach. Yeah, has been like, forever. I like him. And uh, I need for him to get that ring. Yeah, I guess you're right. But see, I'm, I'm Broncos fan, so it's hard for a Bronco fan to cheer for a Kansas City Chief. I understand. Ugh. But, you know, maybe Ugh. next time the Broncos are in the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they get their game right. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to let our listeners know <laughs> that uh, we won't be recording a new episode next week. Uh, somebody is uh, will be celebrating a milestone birthday hmm. uh, on some island somewhere. So uh, we won't be able to talk at you. But 
like we mentioned last week, we recorded an episode with just one of our tennis idols. And we were so excited to do it. And this person lived absolutely up to the expectation. And uh, we're so excited to share that with you. So we will be posting that episode on Sunday, February the 9th. So please make sure you check it out. We promise you, you're going to enjoy it. Isaac, it's our favorite episode to date, right? It, it really is, by far. It's just, to talk with this lady was just... So okay, see, great. now you've given it away. That's oh, a lady. that's right. I told her. I, told, I shouldn't have said it. I shouldn't have said it. Oh. Okay, so we know it's one of our female idols. <laughs> there you go. Now that you put that out there. I ain't going to say no more. <laughs> but please, please check it out. And we'll, we'll be doing some social media promotion of the episode. So um, we'll be very excited for you to hear it and to get your feedback as well. So... Like I said, we're going to get out of here because we got a Super Bowl party to get to. Um, but this is your boy, Bryce. And this is your boy, Isaac. And we are Brothers on Tennis, and we will talk to you later. Take care, everyone. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's, too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor.